0: It's, uh, hey, 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 everybody. I just started recording. This is Common Law Wise Words uh, at the usual time, 9 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time. Just so everybody knows, probably about 5 to 10 minutes before 9, I, I kind of watch the show and see when it, when somebody's actually on the call. And, uh, anyways, this past week, if, uh, people are in the WhatsApp group, I put up a a video from the Cato Institute where, where Sydney Powell is talking about her book, Licensed to Lie. And I can't believe I just found this book now, but. The book is all about um, federal prosecutors and the leeway they have to not hand over exculpatory evidence, which is technically in law called Brady. It's a Brady violation. And she was working on some cases where uh, CEOs and executives for Merrill Lynch, who Did business with Enron, you know, back when the Enron thing was going on, they actually got prosecuted by the government, even though technically they didn't do anything illegal, but whoever was running Enron was obviously in really, really good with the politics of the federal government, because most of those people did not get prosecuted. And I was actually thinking my next YouTube video will probably be a shout out to her because in the Cato Institute um, video, she was actually talking, and and this was, of course, four years ago, but she was talking about hanging up her law license until, you know, people in her family suggested that that probably was not the best thing to do, that she could probably do a better job sticking inside of the system. Again, my views on that. Uh, on being in the system and being a part of the system and, and trying to change the system from the inside is kind of like, man, the mafia is really bad They're terrorizing the neighborhood. Why don't we go join the mob and try and change them from the inside? <laughs> it, it just doesn't work. And so if anybody feels like it, feel free to post comments in the chat if uh, you're just uh, on the computer and, and you're not on the actual phone. And I'll try and answer the comments that I see. Guest Flores said hello, so hello, everybody. Thank you for coming out. And it'll probably take a minute. I've noticed, like, last week it took a minute before the show really got started, Here's somebody from a 303. I'm going to unmute them, so I'm not bored. 303, how's it going? Or 203, my bad. Hello?
1: Oh, I had myself muted. <laughs> uh, How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: Uh, pretty good driving. It's normal.
0: Yeah, you're just getting off of work. Sounds good. You have a pretty good day. Is it hot out there? You work outside? Uh,
1: it was a horrible day today in terms of the temperature until around three o'clock in the afternoon when the heavens opened up and the thunderstorm came through here, the likes of which I haven't seen in years, excepting a hurricane. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Typical summer day, I guess. And I did not have to work outside, which I'm fine with. Oh, that's sure good. Sure, other people have other other things uh, that are more uh, probably important than whether or not they were working outside.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I live up here in the upstate South Carolina, and we get typically we get afternoon uh, thunder showers about every day. Uh, uh, although the past week has been fairly dry but yesterday and today we got a few afternoon thunderstorms it, it does feel better after that thunderstorm uh, oh, breezes yeah. through.
1: Oh, it's probably a good 10 to 15 degrees cooler it's instantly within like three minutes of it going by
0: so. oh for sure Yeah, I mean, you can feel it get cooler, like, right before it's about to rain. It'll drop a good two to three degrees. So, uh, what's going on with you? Uh,
1: Nothing with me.
0: Yeah, nothing with you. Just here to learn some stuff. Just on the call. Well, Money Mike has his hand up, so I'm going to unmute Money Mike. Money Mike, what's up?
2: Hey, quick question. Uh, what are you guys gonna be talking about tonight?
0: Um, I don't know. You got a topic?
2: Not really, but uh, I'll just keep. Li- I'll just listen in and uh, see if I can chime in.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of bad with coming up with topics. So if anybody has a topic that they would wish for me to talk about or hear about, uh, you know, come on and put it up on the chat. Or um, you know, any questions somebody has. That's basically what the forum is for is, you know, kind of a public service, giving back to the public.
1: Well, what about uh, contempt? You and I were talking about contempt the other day. Maybe about
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you like to know about contempt?
1: Well, just the who, what, where, when, and why, I guess, general overview.
0: Yeah, so contempt really is... <laughs> Uh, You know, I mean, obviously, in common law, contempt is basically uh, to keep courtroom uh, decor, like, uh, orderly. And, of course, every state has their own contempt statutes, and it gives the judges an incredible amount of leeway. Just, for instance, when I was in North Carolina, North Carolina— a judge who who holds you in contempt and charges you with contempt can also hear your your contempt hearing, and I think that that's pretty bogus because it, you know I mean in common law you can't have the prosecutor, the judge, and uh, whoever's charging you you know the accuser all be the same individual. That's that's a recipe for for biasness. Now, if anybody does, if they are going to court and they believe that they could be held in contempt, one thing that I kind of suggest to people is to go ahead and even before you walk in there, if you know it's a likely possibility, write a notice saying that you will appeal the contempt. Like if if you are charged with contempt, that you will appeal it. And that's going to take it outside of the jurisdiction of whoever's actually saying you're being held in contempt for whatever reason. Uh, A lot of states like, for instance, North Carolina, they'll have certain statutes in place where you don't have the right to a trial by jury unless it's over a certain amount of a fine. So. You know, we'll just say $1,000. I don't know if that's 100% correct. But, of course, I can't give anybody legal advice, so (laughs) whatever. And uh, then they can also try you without a jury as long as the the jail sentence can't be over six months. Now, of course, you have the right. uh, Yes, Money Mike, we are recording. Of course, you have the right to... uh, to move to a trial by jury, but typically you have to appeal the, the judicial officer's decision first and you more or less kind of got to ask permission. It's, it's a lot of BS. In my opinion, you should have the right to a trial by jury uh, basically for anything. I know here in South Carolina, if they're going to take any money, uh, put you in jail for... Any amount of time, you have the right to a trial by jury, and of course, on misdemeanors or in the magistrate's court, uh, there's a six-panel jury, and so you don't have the right to a trial by 12, 12 jurors. Does that kind of cover what what you were thinking about for contempt? Are you got any other questions about it? No, no, that was
1: that was pretty much it.
0: So, and contempt is one of those things. Like uh, when when I got arrested in North Carolina for contempt, which was a completely bogus charge, and they didn't even do the paperwork properly or anything of that nature. Um, <clears throat> when we went to the courthouse to go pull the files on on who's been arrested for contempt, I think we could only find one file. And it was probably two years old, I think. So contempt of court is not something that they do very often. Uh, But if you're kind of on this side of the counterculture of law, it, it is something that they threaten very often. So it's definitely something to be wary of and kind of watch out for. Uh, Along with uh, putting in a notice saying that you'll appeal any type of contempt, another good strategy for people, if they're going in and they've been called into court several times, and obviously the court's not going to withdraw from moving forward, uh, typically I would say by the five or sixth time somebody gets pulled in, whoever the judicial officer, if they keep on going the common law route, where's the accuser? You know, I can't enter a plea until I, I uh, have the right to confront my accuser. Uh, who's the man or woman that I've done harm, injury, or wrong to? What have I done wrong? Um, they'll, they'll probably order a mental evaluation at some point in time. So to avoid this what I would do is if you're going through that type of process or those types of type of procedures or proceedings, if you have the ability, I would go and find your own therapist, your own psychiatrist, maybe set up a meeting or two or three, and basically just tell them your concerns. Tell them, hey, you know, I've been caught up in a court action. I'm worried that they might try and order a psychological evaluation. And so I'm here just to, so that you can certify me for the court for not being insane. <clears throat> and typically people who work in the industry of mental health, a lot of those people come from fairly troubled pasts. And if you explain things to them pretty calmly and rationally, uh, and, and you'll kind of know if you got the wrong, the wrong therapist. You know, you should be able to figure that out probably after the first session. But, you know, the real point is, is to go and get somebody to certify that, yeah, you're you're not crazy. You're not insane. You just have a different belief. You have a different point of view than most of society. And this is one thing that I really love about the freedom of belief, the freedom of religion, however you wish to classify it is because the freedom of religion, the freedom of belief is probably the most important right that's enumerated anywhere in positive law. And that's because if you have the right to believe and think and feel the way that you believe, think and feel, then no one else has the right to tell you that you are wrong for thinking and feeling and believing that way. And you know, we'll just go with one of my more like subjects like marijuana. If you have the right to believe whatever you wish to believe and you have the right to practice those beliefs in private as well as in public, then there's nothing wrong with believing in marijuana and practicing that belief in private as well as public. Now, personally, I'm a little conservative, so I'd never live in California because I wouldn't want to raise my child around a place where people were just openly walking down the street, smoking weed, just like I wouldn't wish to raise my child in a place where people were just walking down the street, drinking all the time. But if you think about it, your right to believe whatever you wish, and practice that belief covers almost anything you could think about. For instance, open carry, I believe in firearms, I believe in the right to protect myself. I have the right to practice that belief in private as well as in public. That's all I got right now. Anybody got something? Two o three. You got another topic to talk about? Uh,
1: I don't know. I mean, there's. So many things you could talk about right now, man.
0: We'll just pick one, and I'll start talking about it. <laughs> uh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Um,
1: Jesus. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um.
3: Well.
4: <sighs>
1: What's going on with uh? Anything going on with um with Baba? Okay, so oh, you Baba! For, uh, your stuff.
0: Yes, some interesting things are going on with Baba. We thought that uh, the other side was going to be honorable, and and apparently they don't wish to be. Um, so right. I'll just go ahead and let this out. Uh, if some people were listening, probably back in March or April, uh, we kind of dropped hints about what was going on. One of my last YouTube videos, in fact, I think it was my last YouTube video where it was talking about the lawless judicial officers of North Carolina. And uh, guest Force says, thanks for asking about Baba, by the way. And... Uh, <clears throat> When hey, hey, 203, can you mute out, buddy? Oh, thank you. There's a lot of uh, background wind noise coming through the phone. But uh, <clears throat> the letters that we posted up where we wrote to the judicial officers of the appellant court, and we wrote each one in their individual capacity, We actually did that for the governor, the attorney general, the head of the legislative branch of government, and the Supreme Court of North Carolina, all of the judicial officers uh, within the Supreme Court of North Carolina. And uh, like I said, there was a point in time, I guess it was about end of April, where there was some communications back. And uh, we thought that maybe they might be honorable and do the right thing. There were communications back and forth. And at this moment in time, the communications have ceased. Obviously, we're going to move forward in a more public manner than than what we have done in the past. And so there will be videos coming out about that. Uh, There are still a couple of things that we have to, to get and produce before those videos start really coming out. And of course, uh, at the same time, um, there's a couple of videos that I wish to produce and put out there before I start working on the videos dealing with Henry Ramo and Baba's situation, just uh, to give some kind of background on, on what we're doing and why we're doing it that way and also to educate and inform people of how the government is set up, what the branches of government are, how they're supposed to work. And maybe give some people some ideas on, on what they might want to do in the future with their, own, with their own causes of action. And Shaman just popped up on the phone because he got a new phone. So you're unmuted, Shaman. <laughs> I'm chilling, chillin', how you doing? I'm
3: in between, brother. I'm in between.
0: Sounds like fun.
3: Yeah, fun. Blast. Loving. 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 Storms blowing through here pretty good.
0: Uh, oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we got a little afternoon shower down here. Uh there was a gentleman on, I think probably from Florida. And he was talking about it was hot down there until they got an afternoon shower this evening.
1: No, that was me.
0: Uh, yeah. Are you in Florida? No, I'm in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I just thought Florida because hey, you were talking about John. I'll camps. be back in just a second. Hold on. Somebody called me like
3: three times. I don't know who it is. Hold on.
0: Hey, Connecticut
3: yes
0: are you uh are you eminem yeah okay i didn't recognize the voice man <laughs> my bad <laughs> yeah i just got your text and i was like huh oh, i wonder if he's gonna get on the show tonight <laughs> i really should learn some of these um area codes oh. and and who people are huh yeah probably yep so, uh, but yeah, yeah, we were talking about contempt of quit the other day, huh?
1: Yeah, you're probably confused there for a second, like,
0: wait a second, can, can I talk to this guy? What are we talking about? What is this about? <laughs> well, actually, I thought you might have just been on last week and maybe we were talking about it or something else. Yeah, but I was kind of like, huh? What's going on here? So, but yeah, in fact, what you were asking the other day was how to what expunge or repeal a consent charge i was uh i wasn't
3: talking
1: about how to i was no i think i think we were talking about how to but you know is it is it possible when, when when to do that like When is the action, like when you get charged with contempt, when is it that you're supposed to take action? And, you know, it should be, sorry, I can talk. It should be as immediate as possible, you know. But, I mean, then there's your case where you were arrested, what, last April for contempt, you know. Yeah, last March. Or last March, yeah. So is it possible to get that charge, you know expunged off the record i mean and what's the good so you got it expunged still doesn't change the fact that someone you know or you know you or you know
5: whom
1: whomever spent two days in jail or 30 days in jail or were fined this or that you know so you don't get your 30 days in jail uh, back you don't get those 30 days of your life back you know so
0: yeah well actually i I mean talking about if you get it overturned, you know, say you appeal, and of course the the yes. judge, the magistrate, the judicial officer doesn't have to suspend your sentence until the appeal, like they can tell you to go ahead or they can tell uh the sheriffs to go ahead and execute the contempt charge and uh but if you did get it overturned, that is what insurance is for you You can go back uh for wrongful imprisonment and that that's a whole nother process altogether but for instance in north carolina uh besides what's down at the courthouse and of course if you go and watch the video about how you know the court has no jurisdiction you know they probably put all of that paperwork in in the middle of july even though i was arrested in in march but I would be really, really surprised if it were on my record. Uh, you know, like if if a cop could pull it up from his computer and see, oh, he's been charged with contempt of court. Uh, I'd be really surprised if it were on my record in that kind of way. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, because they didn't even have paperwork. Like uh, the first one or two times we went down there to look for it, They had absolutely no record, no paperwork, no case number, no file. I mean, it it didn't even exist. And, you know, just like in the video where I'm explaining how, you know, the court has no jurisdiction, I go to the sheriff's website where they talk about and keep a record of everybody that they've arrested and what for and what they were charged with. and, And you couldn't find it on there at all.
1: I mean, if we lived in a perfect world, every time a judge threw someone in jail, and, that, and it, they were wrong, that judge would find themselves in handcuffs, in jail, in my opinion, for the rest of their natural life, with all their property, forfeit, and turned over to the man or woman that they threw in jail. Uh-huh. With, the lesson of, with the lesson of, hey, people, you better be goddamn sure who you throw in jail, because this is what we're going to do to you. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I agree that, with you a 100%, world. and in fact, like, uh, did you watch that video I posted up in the chat group um, from the Cato Institute with Sidney Powell? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we had, she... uh,
1: Somebody, somebody on the chat group uh, posted the e-document, e- I think yesterday, or the, the,
0: the, the day before, a PDF
1: of the actual book.
0: Oh, yeah, I think you actually, didn't you post up the, uh, like, where you Uh, put it on Amazon?
1: I posted it on Amazon, but then somebody actually went and posted a copy of the actual PDF of the book for free. Like, just click on the link, and there's the book. It's in the Uh, WhatsApp group.
0: I'll have to go check that out, because that is definitely on my to-read list. But one of the things that she was talking about in that seminar was, I guess there was a judge down, well. It was a state's prosecutor who got raised to the position of a judge down in Texas, and they withheld from the defense attorneys a bloody bandana that had evidence to prove that their client was innocent because it was someone else's DNA, and they spent 20 or 30 years in prison before you know, all of this came to light, and she was saying that if you know, if a judge throws somebody in prison like that, or or if a prosecutor throws somebody in prison like that, and then becomes a judge, because he lost his judgeship and basically got a slap on the wrist, but she was advocating that they should have to go spend the time in prison that they they sentenced that man to. And I I thought that that was okay. You know, that that sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah, and again, I don't know everything about that case, but I would be really hard pressed and surprised if when that man walked out of uh, prison, he didn't get some type of check. You know, I'd be really surprised if his attorney didn't call in on the insurance company from, you know, the judicial office or the state or whatever city that it was tried in.
1: I know up here in um, Connecticut is the home of Dr. Henry Lee, you know, the the famous DNA guy who worked on, you know, O.J. Simpson and all this stuff. Well, within the past 6 to 9 months, he has had at least two, if not a third, and right now I think a fourth is being worked on, high-profile cases overturned where it was shown that his, his investigative techniques and the way that he would collect DNA and all this stuff, it was just basically flawed and that all the DNA evidence on these cases were basically bogus and had to be thrown out. And there were two people who were found after they went back and they re-examined things. They're like, these guys are absolutely innocent. And the only reason why they are in jail is because Dr. Henry Lee said that this is, this was their DNA. And we've proved that the methods that he went to, that he, abstract, you know, to abstract that DNA and to, all that stuff wasn't right. And basically, so DNA is not the end-all, be-all. Be DNA is just simply circumstantial evidence. Like, there's, it's, they're, they're starting to find out now that it's like, oh, wait a second. DNA isn't as fail-proof You know, as 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 we think it is, it's very interesting that you were talking about that. Um, you know, exculpatory evidence and DNA and stuff. I just find interesting. Little side note.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like just speaking of government expert witnesses, because when I was up in Nashville, Tennessee, helping Paul Grattan out. um when you looked at the report that came from the ATF and of course they had that's the silencer case, correct? Yeah, that's the silencer case. And uh, when you looked at the report that came from the ATF and of course they weren't silencers, they were air rifle uh, moderators. That's what they were sold as. He even flew a guy over from um, from England who worked in the precinct that he, he that the gun shop was where he bought them and of course if you know anything about guns and gun law like there's nothing that you can get in england that you cannot get uh here in the united states you know there, there's absolutely nothing that you can buy over the counter in the united kingdom or the british isles that you cannot get over the counter here in the united states and uh but the ATF agents documents like her certified document her certified report said that and and they had to actually make something to get the modifier to fit. uh, I think it was a 22 pistol. And it only uh, muffled the sound by about 22 decibels. And, you know, I mean, that's that's not a lot when you're talking about a gunshot. And in Absolutely fact, even, not. even by their own statutes, that's that's not considered a silencer. But when she was on the stand, the way that she presented that testimony was not that it that it you know took away 22 decibels from the sound of the gunshot, but that the sound of the gunshot was reduced to 22 decibels, which is pretty good, you know. <laughs> I mean, because I, I think uh, without the suppressor on on the firearm, it was probably like 180 decibels or 160 yeah. decibels. Uh,
1: speaking as a professional sound engineer, um, the average uh, background noise, if you were to walk out on your average suburban home, front yard, uh, the background noise of just the traffic uh, from a mile away can be upwards to fifty-five decibels. Okay, so twenty-two decibels. Yeah, the mechanic, the physical mechanics of the firearm would be louder than twenty-two decibels.
0: So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually uh, went <laughs> to go shoot some firearms this past weekend with somebody who has a a class three stamp, professional grade silencer. You know, they have the class three stamp from the government to to own it. And it it really, like, uh, you shot that thing off, man, and you could hear the chamber, like, you could hear the shot, the rounds being chambered more than you could actually hear the boom of the explosion from the the bullet shooting the projectile. I, I was actually really impressed.
1: Yeah, it's all about taxes. You're not. You're not applying for permission. You're you're applying to get the the tax stamp to be able to purchase this thing. Just like with marijuana, marijuana isn't illegal because the food and drug. It, it, it's it's a class. It's a Schedule A drug. If you get a tax stamp for it, you're absolutely fine. Everything's about taxes. You can't have it because you haven't paid your taxes on it yet, and the government's not going to give you a tax stamp unless you know. Unless you have it, a, unless you unless you already have the tax stamp, you know, it, it's no, no, it's unless you years. already
0: have the marijuana. That's like uh, from the <laughs> Anslinger laws. It, you had to have the marijuana to go to apply for the for the stamp, the tax stamp to have the marijuana. And of course, if you were in possession of the marijuana when you went to apply for the tax stamp, they'd arrest you. Yeah, because you man, in possession of the no marijuana
3: I ain't got possession of marijuana. I done
0: smoked it. Oh, it was, it was hilarious, man. I walked inside. I remember
2: one that one. That was a funny story. No, what's story?
3: <laughs> What Sean that he says,
2: "I ain't got, I ain't got no marijuana. I'm just smoking or something like that, or whatever it
3: was."
4: <laughs> what's up, Sean? Thinking-
3: You might be thinking about where, do you have it on you? Well, of course I do. (laughs) Where's it at? It's right there. Where? On the hood. I don't see it. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Well, that ain't marijuana. Well, you never asked me if it was marijuana.
4: Man, you know what I meant.
3: Say what you mean. That was hilarious. I love
1: that. Say what you mean. Yeah. Like. Oh, where do you live? I I live here. I live where my body's at. What do you mean? Where do I live? What a stupid retarded question that is. Where do I live? Where, where, where do, do you, you live? i <laughs> uh, like. I hope. If it's anywhere, from, then where you're at, then you got trouble, my friend. I don't, then you're that, a or you're. Yeah, that, that you're really, God really almighty, cool. Powerful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you mean, where is it at night that I put my head to sleep? Or
3: where do I receive my mail? Oh, that's not what you asked. <laughs> Mess with that poor guy. Was funny. I wish to God I had seen the video or been there for that one. Oh, my gosh. He was just having a blast. So was the lieutenant watching this guy do it.
0: And this is why everybody should have a uh, video cam, like a dash cam in their car. (laughs) That way when something funny is about to go down, you can play it for all your friends. Because believe me, if a cop pulls you over and some funny stuff goes down, they will not release that video. (laughs) No, especially if it's
3: in your favor. I can tell you, they got lost.
0: So uh, somebody was asking me to uh, finish the story of where I walked into. So I walked in to my parents' house one time. And my mom looks at me and she goes, "John, are you on the pot?" And I just start looking, lifting <laughs> up my feet. And I'm like, "I don't know, am I? I don't want to be on the weed. We should pick it up and smoke it." <laughs> She's just like, "Oh my god."
3: The best part would have been if you looked at her and went, "Mom, I don't have to poop."
0: <laughs> only you son only a plumber
3: I'm a, I'm a plumber man I put up with shit all day plumber's write poop songs just for a pastime
0: okay enough the, party jokes. <laughs> <to> the potty
3: everybody's invited you to potty Check, so, what, uh, so what uh, mighty topic are we going to tackle today? Are we tackling something different, or are we going to tackle what we talked about earlier?
0: I don't know. We've just kind of been talking. So okay. uh, Eminem got on pretty early, and I started talking to him, and I, I didn't even realize who was on. And, uh, you know, I was talking about uh, Sidney Powell. And, yeah, the story uh, Yeah. Yeah, and what I posted up, and apparently Eminem said that somebody posted up the PDF to that book. So uh-huh, I'm gonna no have to doubt. go and check that out. Yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure. Cause I was gonna go try to buy it if I could.
0: It, yeah, it's only like eleven or twelve bucks, I think. I mean, no, unless honestly, you're getting a hard copy.
3: I mean, that's you know, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, who knows behind the scenes, right? But I mean, thank God. For things like that because it does show that there's at least some people within the system who are starting to realize that that abyss may be a little darker than what and deeper than what they thought
0: yeah well i mean i'll tell you like i think people on the other side absolutely i mean they're they're in the middle of it they see the stuff day in day out it was kind of interesting there was another video uh from the ninth circuit uh court of appeals for the United States. They have a YouTube channel, and Sydney yeah. Powell's on there debating uh, United States attorney. And when it was the United States attorney's turn to talk, she actually kind of opens up with the joke, and she said that the judge over there said it was a good, you know, it was nice to see the government in stripes for once because she had a black and white striped shirt, and it's like, <laughs> you know, they... <laughs> that's good yeah i thought that was hilarious i'm gonna play that excerpt and you did know. you did you tell them about that appellant court
3: what they said to the one guy
0: i i don't know which which remember time? what
3: we were talking about today with the style of writing maybe it was yesterday It it's like don't it's just like okay i can tell you from my perspective like it'll it'll bring your memory back so like when i was a cop when I very first started of course you're trying to impress everybody and do a good job and uh you know I start I was trying to write like a friggin attorney would or some legalese crap and uh the prosecutor one day is like dude stop it I said what he goes man just stop he said I know what you're trying to do but just write this like you would tell me in the hallway just I promise you it'll go easier you'll get your reports done faster and it'll make a hell of a lot more sense. Just remember to put all the details in there. Be as short as sweet as you can. Don't be very colorful. Black and white, right to the point. Done. And uh, I had to change because I was, you know, I was writing kind of silly, and he was just getting me to write, you know.
0: Yeah, no, normal. I, I, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying now, and I'll, I have to look for the video because i'll probably post it up but yeah the the other day maybe like last week i was watching the uh ninth circuit court of appeals like the ninth circuit appellant court and they actually had a video that was kind of uh you know here's how you should do an appeal for attorneys and uh this guy starts writing all of this legalese stuff and um and his boss actually tells him, you know, whoever is over him in the law firm is like, no, you should just write it in plain old simple English so that everybody will understand. And I thought that was really interesting because it's like once you get out of the trial level, even from the other side, they they say to just talk plain English like you would talk to anybody else. I don't know where that video is. I'm trying to go through my history. It might take me a minute. So if anyone else wants to talk.
1: Well, I mean, kind of based on what you're talking about right now, uh, like using uh, uh, legalese, lawyer language and stuff, can you talk about... The paradox that is the man the style uh, the manual of style. You know what I mean? How the capital, like how in the manual of style, it talks about how it wants names to be in all caps and certain things to be written a certain way. So yes, that. So when you see your name in uh, or any name or something in all caps on a document. It's because the style of manual is at it, but simultaneously, it is also the legal person. It is also, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's it's a paradox.
0: Yeah, I mean, technically, when you see that put up, it's always uh, the corporate entity that they created from your birth certificate and then... uh, got a social security number like incorporated your birth certificate use your birth certificate as a document to incorporate a corporation that they hand you in the form of a social security number uh so i mean i do agree that you know with the people who who play the name game um the only thing about playing the name game is in my opinion i think it's a pretty bad legal argument Uh, cause, cause who cares about the name? In fact, the term name comes from the Egyptian god Namer, which literally means one who bears liability. a lot of people don't know that, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, very good.
1: Do you, uh, play the name game a lot when you're at court? Do I well i mean do you uh, yes, I don't mean yes, do you or have do you have the people you're working with
5: play the name game
0: um i mean n- no not really uh, I mean like i said i I think it's kind of a a bad argument, and when you're going to court, you're not there to uh You know, basically, you're not there to argue about uh, what your name is or what your name is. Uh, In fact, in common law, and this is kind of one of those places where uh, John Doe and and Jane Rowe comes from. So, but in common law, like you don't even have to have a name, Uh, you know, you can literally walk into a court, have a picture of somebody and say, I wish to charge this individual with A, B, and C. And, and that's that should be a legitimate uh, action in common law. Um, now, it can make it very difficult to find that individual. It, it works a lot better if you can say, okay, well, most with, times
1: at common law, would you not, uh, w- 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 excepting when you're like dealing with someone who's hiding behind the corporation, you got to, when you're talking about like, oh, neighbor against neighbor, it's just the guy down the street, you know, you know, nine out of ten times you know who the other man or woman is. Would, you know what I mean? Yeah, nine at out least, of ten. At least. 200 years ago, you know, when all this stuff was established and we've you know, when you know what I mean? Like you probably knew the, person, the man or woman who harmed you. So going to get them, they're probably already sitting there in shackles in the courtroom. Is that, <laughs> I mean, would you, is that not true?
0: Well, it, it depends. I, mean, I, on I, I don't know. I'm
1: not, I'm not, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I wasn't living 200 years ago, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean imagine, they're, you know?
0: they're probably not going to be sitting in in the sheriff's office and ch- shackles or sitting down at the jailhouse and shackles unless what they did to you was was really an actual crime but uh you know let's just say for instance you know kicks and giggles uh that as you take your car somewhere you know what the mechanic at that shop looks like who uh ran your car into the back of an 18 wheeler and it cost you $12,000 to fix. And your insurance company wasn't going to pay it out because, you know, obviously the mechanics not um, registered with the insurance company and, and say the mechanic doesn't have insurance on their persons. And, and so their insurance company isn't going to pay for it. And you don't know, like, you know, who the owner of the shop is you know who the guy working at the front desk is and you know what the mechanic looks like you can go down and file a suit against john doe take the police down there and say that guy right there and point him out and then they can serve him and they'll probably go and get his information and make sure to have some type of contact information this that and the other so that if he doesn't answer you've You can at least know where to start looking for them. But the main point is is that you don't actually have to have a name to go after somebody. They don't actually have to have your name to go after you. And another good example of this was, for instance, when I was arrested in North Carolina, I didn't have an ID on me. It was actually really hard for them to process me because I didn't have an ID on me. And they didn't know my name.
1: And presumably you didn't give it to them?
0: Uh, No, no. I (laughs) I did eventually give it to them, but that was under threatened arrest because I told them that I didn't wish to do it. And then, of course, they come down with, like, eight really big, burly guys. And it's like, you're going to tell us your name or else, son. (laughs)
1: Are you committing uh, an act of distortion? What are you, the mob? If I don't tell you my name, what, are you going to beat the shit out of me? Uh, beat they, the
0: well, shit they, out of me? They, they really they're kind of Be at my mob, trial, buddy. Be my trial. But yeah, the other yeah, thing I, is, is, is I've been arrested enough times. As soon as they ran my prints, you know, they're, they're going to get all of my information and my name and this yeah. and that. But still, I mean, it's, it's like uh, if you go and I... I don't remember. I think the show was called Breaking Amish or something, and it was where A and E or some network television uh, yeah. got Rum these Springer. Amish kids, huh? They're
1: going on Rum Springer, right? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. The whatever they do where they go into the English world when they're sixteen or whatever. But of course, for the TV show, they got people that were eighteen that just didn't go back to the Amish community. Um, But there was one girl on there. She was kind of the, the main star, I guess. And she got arrested down in Florida for driving violations and different things like that. And she was talking about how it was almost impossible for them to process her when she did get arrested because she didn't have a driver's license. She didn't have a social security card. She didn't have a birth certificate. So there was no way in their system to really identify her they still held her
1: i'm sure they did (laughs) i'm sure they they, did yeah
0: they they still charged i mean well uh,
1: you know this is something i'd like to know and maybe sean can, if you still are you still there man? um you guys can talk about this because i i haven't heard uh, and come across much information on this but I've, I've heard it but I haven't come across much information to verify it or whatnot about how police departments are private corporations and maybe if you know anything I've explained that the relationships between the various municipality and local governments and those police departments uh, you know uh you know what I'm
0: talking about? Well, yeah, I mean, I know what you're talking about. uh, For instance, I think it was in the late 80s or maybe the early 90s. I'm pretty sure that L.A. was the first um, privatized police department. And then, of course, it worked so good in Los Angeles that uh, I'm pretty sure New York kind of shortly followed suit. And now almost any metropolitan area has a privatized police force and you know of course that's one of the reasons they write tickets this and that now as far as how they actually function i'm not a 100 percent sure about but i will tell but there you must this.
1: be a, some type of state law that says a private corporation has the right to act in the public to enforce public laws like it must be outsourced it must it's got to be like well we don't we no longer wish to be responsible for this. So we're hiring you to do this for us on our behalf or we're giving you the power. I mean, is that how it how it works essentially? Oh, well, dog.
0: I mean, I, I don't know if that's how it works or not. I haven't seen anything like that. Um, uh, what I will but say is But if they're private,
1: like... then how can, how can a private, what, what does a private corporation have any right to tell me what I can or cannot do and have any right over if they're private they're not public so they're not, they're not, well, not created. Obviously. they're not created by statute and, not
0: created. and what, what i'm what i'm saying is like for instance let's take la county and lapd you know and that was one of the first privatized police departments to my knowledge and also to my knowledge uh my guess would be is that it would be something worked out between the sheriff and uh the The company, the private company, because the sheriff still has the law enforcement authority for the state and even places where there are privatized police departments, they still have sheriffs. And, of course, the Uh, sheriff's voted and elected. Huh?
1: My state actually voted uh, by constitutional amendment to get rid of the sheriffs and and give all the powers to the state police and basically run, uh, take the powers of the sheriffs. And give the law enforcement powers to the state police, and then the the more the court uh, and the court powers to um, the marshal service.
0: What, like the state marshal service?
1: State marshal service, yes.
0: Okay, yeah, because I mean that's something that I don't think a lot of people really understand is that marshals aren't just federal; you know, there are state marshals as well. And typically, I mean, I know, for instance, in North Carolina, the Supreme Court of North Carolina has their own marshal that goes and executes whatever they wish. I mean, basically, the marshal's there to work at their pleasure. I think it's even written that way in the statutes.
1: Yeah, in my state, state, there's the state marshal service that serves all the courts. They're responsible for... Um, depending on which branch of the marshal. Um, there's the uniformed marshals and stuff, the, the guys you see in the, you know, the bailiffs and stuff, the guys you see in the courthouse. And then there's the guys that go and serve. Then there's the plainclothes marshals that go and serve papers and stuff, you know. Um, but there's also a police force for the judicial system like our judicial branch has its own police force Uh, i'm sorry police isn't the right word uh investigatory force you know where and with arrest powers all that stuff now
0: yeah they have their own private security paid for by the state
1: exactly and but that that force only deals in threats to judicial members that's it that's the only thing they do I think maybe one or two of the tiny, tiny side things having to deal with court stuff. But 99% of the stuff is exactly what you're saying. Their officers are the basically the bodyguards for, you know, the the chief justice of the state Supreme Court. You know, you You better believe that guy's got a fucking bodyguard with him when he's (laughs) when he's going places, (laughs) you know what I mean?
0: Well, it probably depends on where he's going, and you know, yeah, what when, the I mean, level when is. he's going.
1: with his wife, when he's with his wife, going grocery shopping, I doubt he has a bodyguard. But you know, when he's showing up for work and stuff, I bet you he's got somebody that walks down the hall with him, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Escorts him to his chambers and stuff like that. That kind of thing. That's uh, the less, at least with the the guy I I I know who who's a. a Court cop, I forget
0: exactly. Yeah, and I would say that that basically they're they're private security officers or whatever you want to call them. Um, You know, I mean, they also probably work down at the courthouse as security, you know, when they're not doing that, because I'm sure that they don't sit around and hang out outside of judges' houses all the time and, you know, watch over them wherever they go and, you know. I'm sure they're not, like, 24-7 security. (laughs) And whenever Shaman gets back, you know, he actually might know more about that than I do uh, because where he lives, he actually knows, especially being an ex-police officer, he actually knows a fair amount of judges in the area. I know there's been several times where, um, you know, he's had uh, a judge, you know, asked to come and do remodeling or or whatever on their bathroom or in their house so i i mean not everybody on the other side is the enemy no not
1: not at all and in fact i think a lot of them are starting to to catch on with certain things i think they're starting to be like all right you guys Guys got a little out of control with your games here. Yeah, we'll we'll let you play him a little bit here. You can make your money, but you know, you guys started to get so out of control that the people started to notice, and you started to wake people up, and started to wake the sleeping giant. Guys, gotta tone this shit down. I think that's what's happening. And I think they realize that. I think that's kind
0: of twofold, man, because it's like you were asking about about Henry earlier, and one of the things that really kind of scares me seeing the progression of how the courts have been running over people more and more, have been testing people more and more, you know, have not been respecting the I don't consent as much as they used to. It's like publicizing what's going on with Henry and then not really seeing a reaction, a big reaction. it's, It's scary because When the other side does things like that, when they way overstep their boundaries and people are out in the street trying to bring attention to it, trying to holler about it, trying to say, hey, look at this. If they'll they'll do this to an 88 year old Korean war veteran and absolutely take everything that he has and that he has ever worked for in his entire life and basically just not care and when he objects to it throws them in handcuffs and takes them down to a cell uh they'll they'll probably do that to about anybody and when they don't they'll see do it a reaction, the when people... they don't when they don't have any type of consequences to it then what that tells them is well the public doesn't care yeah
1: as long as the public and the people allow them to do it they're gonna keep doing it. And but the question is, is all right, well, you get enough of the public and the people to become aware of it, that's great. How do you get them to stop doing
0: it? Well, I mean, I think when you get the people and the public to become aware of it, and this is actually one of the reasons why in my next YouTube video, I'm gonna be calling out to Sydney Powell, because if she was gonna hang up her law license four years ago, it's like, hey, come check out some of the stuff we're doing. Cause privately Privately, I know attorneys that are like, this is awesome. Keep doing this. You know, like you're not doing anything wrong. But of course, these attorneys are not going to come out and speak publicly about it because they like making half a million dollars a year. They, they enjoy making yeah,
1: and, and And they'd probably get disbarred.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. They they absolutely would get disbarred. And that's what I find kind of sickening about Uh, what's going on and what uh, Sydney Powell is kind of exposing because she's talking about, she went to the bar association. She went down every administrative Avenue within the state to um, hold these attorneys, these prosecutors liable for withholding Brady information. And basically nobody did anything to me. It sounds a whole lot like what happened when uh, Henry and I, went to the different state and federal agencies, went through all of the administrative processes, and did basically everything that the state says, hey, this is the way you handle it. And in fact, uh, when we were writing to the legislatures, the state legislatures of North Carolina, we basically brought to their attention like, okay, so, so you guys wrote these statutes to govern the judiciary of North Carolina. I mean, there there are statutes on the books basically saying if the judiciary does this, that, or the other, if you know, a clerk of court does this, that, or the other, it's illegal and it's, you know, this kind of misdemeanor or a low felony or whatever. But if that never actually gets enforced, then having statutes like that is nothing more than a public relations effort. Yes, yeah, what should
1: be happening is is the state police or the, the marshals should be going, no, we won't enforce this. In fact, we're going to slap your ass in handcuffs and put your ass in jail. And then if the prosecutor fucks with us, we're going to do the same goddamn thing to him. That's what should be happening. We need we need we need man to step up. But what would happen immediately is the person who put those men in handcuffs would be fired immediately. Most. Likely, oh, yeah, most for fired. sure. And. See, and it, it's literally a vicious cycle
0: it, it's you know so oh yeah i mean I absolutely know but i i, mean, can't, I, I, I will
1: say this the movement is affecting a change I, I can't i uh, I can't really say specifically because it would be too complicated to, to explain Specifically, so I'll just say in generals. Over the course of the past couple of years, when uh, part of my job as a real estate title searcher is, I have to review probate cases and foreclosure cases and bankruptcy cases. I don't do bankruptcies often, but in foreclosure cases, I do them all the time. I just did two yesterday. So what I'm What what I'm seeing in foreclosure cases now compared to what I was seeing in foreclosure cases just a couple of years ago, it would appear that the court is requiring a hell of a lot more out of the representatives of the parties wishing to foreclose because Enough people learned the basics of, whoa, 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 where's the original, where's this, where's this, blah, 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 blah all that stuff. Now, I mean, I did a foreclosure yesterday, a recent foreclosure, it's still ongoing, uh, the case. Um, okay. For every single filing that the attorney filed, there was a memorandum of law. For the judge on why that was being filed etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, so there is a change being affected the court at least in my state is requiring these banks and these people to have way way more stuff than what was happening a couple years ago and it's because of the people have been pushing back so it's it's now, foreclosures in my state is different than most states. We have something called strict foreclosure um, because a mortgage is technically a con- uh, simply is a contract. In, in my state, even though it is a deed, a mortgage is a deed, um, but it's also a contract. And part of that contract, you know, it says that the bank has these rights and they can do this, and they will foreclose. And upon doing this. The property is foreclosed, and the court looks at that as well. That's the terms of the contract, so we're just sticking with the terms of the contract. So it's called strict foreclosure. There is no auction. The court goes, um, you have, uh, you have uh, the defendants. You know, starting with the, you know, the owner of the property gets the first day. It's called the law day. They get assigned. Say January first. Your law day is January first. Um, So it means on January 1st, for that 24-hour period, you have the right, once you've been foreclosed, once the property, once the court said, it's done, bye-bye, it's no longer yours, you're foreclosed, you know, uh, you still get one more 24 hour day period in which you can redeem the property. If you can pay, if you can provide in cash or bank-certified bank check the amount in demand on your law day property is yours you've satisfied the judgment but the, and that also means the note goes away the mortgage goes away everything's discharged everything related to the plaintiff's case has been discharged um and then in in inverse order after that you know so Jan- january 2nd would be say the hospital who had a judgment lien january 3rd would be the uh, the you know the a construction company that's got a, a judgment lien, you know, because if you're being foreclosed and most likely have other liens or tax liens or something like that, nine out of 10 times, at least I've seen. So, but, but, but actually back to my other point, you know, but these, these cases are just, they're requiring way more. It's so, and it's because, and I I've seen it, directly i've seen defendants challenges in foreclosures you know putting things in and just being like where's the original note the original you know original is not here um these this wasn't assigned and it's not assigned in the land records there was no this pendants file all this you know just challenging all the basics and 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 stuff like that so it it is working
0: well it's actually kind of a little bit sure I, i was talking to somebody yesterday and they were talking about uh foreclosure that they knew somebody um somebody going through and the bank actually offered them money to stay at the house while it was being foreclosed and of course they were fighting the whole process and and when they told me that I was like of course they're they're gonna offer you a little bit of money to stay at the house and and they were like like why Well, because that way when you get to court, they can say they gave you fair fair and just compensation for watching over their property. And of course, in the contract where they're saying um, they're going to pay them, you know, it's also in there that as soon as you start taking that money, you lose all rights and equity to the property and you're going to maintain it to a certain order so that they can start showing the property through real estate agents and there were a whole lot of stipulations, but I actually thought that that was an interesting strategy that the bank was taking.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh. Plus, they want someone in the property because uh, properties that have been foreclosed tend to sit there. They get boarded up. They get vandalized. And people, you know, it's hard to sell. Properties that have been foreclosed. Once you have, to, once you slap those boards on on the windows and stuff like that. And in certain municipalities, at least in my state, uh, an, a a foreclosed property that is not that is vacant, the the windows on all the windows on the first floor must be boarded up. And well, Gus basement. Ford
0: was saying then, that that program is called Cash for Keys. It, yeah, I mean. And when you board it up, like, 100%, some kids in the neighborhood, they know that that house is abandoned. You can be guaranteed you're going to have a couple of high school parties over there. <laughs> you know? So that's
1: probably the other reason why they wanted to, like, you know, keep, yeah, so, but exactly what you're saying. Hey, you watched our property for us. Take this money, but here's the dirty little secret. Ha, ha, ha.
0: It, yeah, and it amazes me in a lot of ways how... How many people don't read the contracts, the agreements, the things that they're getting into? They just, you know, oh, I'm I'm gonna get money. And I suggest for put up the cash for keys program like a website. The link to that and the, in the most chat. most mortgages
1: board. that I've seen have a clause in it that the bank can come onto the property at any time to inspect it. Really? Yep.
0: But just so onto the property. No. They can't come into the actual dwelling. Um I don't,
1: I don't know if it's on or in. I uh, I have to look at my mortgage, but um I know I know it's on. Some I've seen in they can go into the home to to ensure that it's being properly maintained. If they have a reasonable belief that it's not being maintained or, you know, have if they've maintained the position.
0: Have you ever heard of the Institute for Justice? I've heard of it. Yeah, they got a a YouTube channel. I kind of like some of the videos that they make because they talk a lot about, you know, people getting kicked out of their homes. Um, You know, they talk about uh, towns down in Florida and other places where they're doing gentrification and the way that the... Sounds doing gentrification as they start making all these really stupid regulations and then they start fining people for not cutting their grass enough or you know not picking up around the yard or this that and the other and of course you know the fa- fines are outrageous so when they get up to twenty thirty thousand dollars then they go and and tell them if they don't if they don't pay it they're going to foreclose on them oh that's um, okay great
1: i want a trial by jury Let's see what this goes now that it's up at uh, past a, an amount where I can have a trial by jury, by by that state law, let's get this in front of the people. Hey people, is this foolish? Are they full of shit or not? Do I owe them this money or do they owe me fucking 30? Do they owe me $60,000? They want me 30? Yeah, $60, well,
0: so I was, yeah. I was watching this thing the other day that they produced and it was talking about somewhere and I don't remember where in the country, but they, uh, they were having. They wrote up something to where the tax assessor for the county uh, was supposed to come into your home and inspect your home to assess the cash value. And yeah, and that's, that's how it is. Been,
1: in, that's how it is in my state. They're, they're that's required just insane. every if, if They came
0: and knocked on my door. I'd be like, "Go get a warrant. Go get a warrant."
1: Yep. Five, what they five, do is they send had out, their send hand out raised, a, so. a notice.
5: They
0: seven, is, oh, sorry. Five eight seven,
5: you're up. You're unmuted. Oh, this is uh, the on discharge bankrupt.
0: <laughs> oh, Canada. Uh, yeah. yeah, Eminem. Uh, Eminem is probably like uh, kind of like he was saying just a minute ago. He he does bankruptcies, and he he's a title searcher. So. You should probably talk Blakely with him calling. for a minute and, and kind of inform him on what you're going through with the undischarged bankruptcy debt. Uh, yeah, well,
5: that's, that's what I was calling. I just wanted to get his take on it. Uh, if he saw a lot of bankruptcy cases, he must have some answers to point me in the right direction.
0: Well, I don't think he's yeah, what, filed what...
1: any bankruptcy. I don't. Case I don't where... have. I don't have, yeah, um, I, I haven't filed bankruptcy cases. I I, I just, ha- I have to look at them to determine which um, secured debt that might be against um, a piece of property has been discharged. That's, that's how, that's my purposes of looking at it. So understanding, uh, you know, a, a discharged debt versus an undischarged debt, yeah, that's this is up my alley, but bankruptcy is very, very complicated. There's so many different chapters of it. So, and especially, I'm not familiar I know. with Canadian bankruptcy either. So, I mean, I don't... Yeah, know. I,
0: I was talking There's with him a little bit about what you were talking about last week.
1: Yeah. So an undischarged yeah. bankruptcy debt um, in, in the United States, an undischarged bankruptcy debt is a debt that the court believes you still owe, that you're still liable for. So say you you go to I'm declaring bankruptcy. I've got my house. I've got my car. I've got a a judgment lien for ten thousand dollars for a credit of, uh, card or something.
5: You know. Have you ever heard of a debtor rejecting the the executory contract in a bankruptcy case? <laughs> nah. I, I
1: wouldn't even know no. what that is. That, I, if I ever came across something like that, I would call my boss and be like, "Hey, what is this?" and explain it to me. Uh, my boss, being a former lawyer,
5: okay. So you see, that's what I mean. Like it's so hard to find information about dealing with bankruptcy. And Have you looked at the rules of court? Like, no, I
1: haven't looked at the yeah. So try going court. to the yeah try going to the bankruptcy like going to the court website for your you know district or, or wherever and going and looking up you know the Canadian rules you know of for bankruptcy court and then go and look to see if there's any local rules at, for bankruptcy court and then go and see if they have Anywhere listed set of you know the bankruptcy laws or any type of you know just indices of resources concerning bankruptcy, but you're know, probably going to have to go in really deep. Um, try yeah, and see I if can find something here. with an index and just and just look up those buzzwords. Exactly what the, that phrase you said I, I, I didn't. I couldn't repeat it back to you. I'm sorry, but just go look up e- each of those buzzwords. You might have to, you know, flip through. A, you might have to flip through, you know, a couple dozen, if not hundred, pages or so. But that's essentially yeah, what you got to do. You know, it's it's maybe go try to look up a case, see if there's any case, other cases well, where that's come up. I, and I know you've probably done this, but like uh, that's basically the only I, I thing I can really I think of.
5: I didn't, uh, I couldn't find any cases similar to mine. That's why I have no answers for my case. Mm. Like, anybody I talk to, so, they're like, oh, <laughs> same thing.
1: So basically, the the,
5: the the debtor is basically
1: refusing what? They're basically saying, well, that's great court, but we're not accepting this. Is that basically what that means? I mean, I don't uh, really know what it means.
5: It means that the debtor failed at his duties and obligation towards the executory contract, and now the trustee has discharged himself from the case, but the debtor is still on discharge. And on, like, on the case file, it says like on discharge bankrupt. Well, so you're I'm still, on, you're still, yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I'm a non-discharged bankrupt, so I'm still. Under bankruptcy laws, so anything I do, I have to be careful not to commit the bankruptcy offense. And yeah,
1: basically, that's well, what
5: it sounds like. It sounds like, that that's you like were, that's the thing. It's, it's been ten years. That's my problem. <laughs> is and there's got to um,
1: be a, some type of because it's there. Got to be some type of statute of limitations. I mean, would you not think that, JC? That uh, type of thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know about Canadian bankruptcy, and I, I'm not. I couldn't even tell you. I, I hope think in there is. Connecticut, uh, not Connecticut, in the United States, depending on which chapter, it, it, it's seven years. It could maybe sometimes be twelve years. It's, I don't know. It's it's so complicated. You know, bankruptcy is.
5: You mean like uh, so they can't prosecute the case anymore? Not prosecute the case. I think, uh,
1: it's, it's case. I think it's just it just goes away. It's automatically discharged. Uh, yeah, by, I mean, on, after a honest,
0: certain time. honestly, man, it's not their job to prosecute the case, because technically, when you file for bankruptcy, you are the, you're prosecutor. the plaintiff. Yeah, you're the yeah. plaintiff. So it's you, up to saying, you to prosecute the case. Yeah. Well, you use the statute as
5: a blanket for protection against the creditor. That's pretty much what, what you do. But. That's the thing. If you fail at your duties and obligation, you're in default, and then your creditor has like a right to actually sue you for damages and interest. Okay.
0: Well, have you have you failed at your duties? Um, You know, have you failed at Uh, your duties for the bankruptcy?
5: Yes, I did.
0: Okay. Is is the creditor coming and suing you for that failure?
5: Wow, the creditors, the government, so right now they're uh, coming after me for taxes and they're very, they seem very awkward and sneaky, so I don't know what they're doing. So that's why I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to solve the bankruptcy so they can't use it.
0: So I i don't know how much you know about the stuff that we do. I, kn- I know that you have have been doing some research for a while. And you got some no, decent I don't, ideas?
5: Uh, I know a lot about what you guys do, but I just don't know how I would implement it in the bankruptcy court.
0: Well, I'm not talking about the bankruptcy court right at this very moment. What I'm talking about is it, if anybody's coming after you, say the government's coming after you for taxes or the corporation is suing you for uh, failing on your obligations in the bankruptcy court or your duties. Uh, Things like that are fairly easy to take care of. In common law, common law is incredibly easy to use as a defense, you know, because there's some fairly simple rules to it. Um, now, now, using it as an offense is different. And then kind of like what I was saying last week is when you're going in and you're being the plaintiff, and uh, executing a bankruptcy, it, it's a whole different beast from anything that we normally deal with in common law because bankruptcy is a completely statutory monster. you know that there, there's not really much to common law about it. And, and
5: that's, the, that, that's what I mean. I gotta walk into bankruptcy court and deal with it. So I like, bankruptcy I like was also not originally
1: intended for for everybody bankruptcy was intended for people who had substantial substantial assets you know true estates mm-hmm. it wasn't intended for mom and mom pa joe who can't pay their bills anymore to declare bankruptcy
0: you know it's were become a, that, and that were you a contractor um when like before when you went into bankruptcy
5: I always been a contractor like all my life.
0: Okay, and what always. what type of contracts do you execute? Like uh, do you do framing? Do you do flooring? Flooring.
5: Uh, mostly roofing and siding. Uh,
4: okay.
0: And, uh, well, yeah, he, he was asking about flooring and um, but with with roofing and siding because one thing that you were kind of talking about last week, and I'm just trying to make sure that I understand you correctly, <clears throat> but um, it was about how basically you can't create a corporation because of of this undischarged bankruptcy.
5: Well, it's just, it was just an example of the like the burden that people put on you. It's like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. And if you do, it's called a bankruptcy offense. And it's uh, it's a felony. Actually, okay. I, uh, yeah, uh, keep going.
0: Well, and, and what exactly are, are you looking, you know, if you could have the outcome that you wanted for this, would it just be to be out of the bankruptcy? Like, Like, what's uh, the outcome be- that you would be looking for?
5: Yeah, I want to be out of bankruptcy. Like, I don't want to be in there. Like, it's like being on the ship you don't want to be on. <laughs> it's like getting on the ship and then realizing, holy shit, what am I doing here type of thing. So I would really like to actually get off Actually, the ship, it's the opposite. The it's
1: like jumping off of the ship and then realizing you want to get back on the ship.
5: Uh, yeah, you could say that. But that's the thing, like... Uh, I know I can reject the contract. I'm just worried about what implications uh, like that involves. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to go there, walk in court, reject the contract, and then just get deeper into problems. So I'm trying to figure it all out. And it seems like bankruptcy bankruptcy court is like one of the hardest statutes to understand. It's like very complex.
0: Okay. What what would be the problems? That you could maybe foresee if you went in there and rescinded the contract and just, I mean, my guess would be you rescind the contract and the creditors are still going to have a debt sheet for you. You know, I mean, that's, that's not say, going right. Would you say that reject and rescind is the same thing? No, what I'm saying is that if you go in there and you rescind the contract, okay, you, you say, hey. You know, I didn't ever mean to declare bankruptcy. I didn't ever mean to get myself in this pickle. Now, today, I realize there's a horrible idea, and I'm just going to have to resend the contract. I'm going to have to resend my consent, you know, recess this case. Uh, what do you think would happen to get you into a bigger hole? Like, obviously, the debt would still be there. Obviously, the creditors could come and sue you for that debt
5: well, what what I really worry about is that they put me under like a deep, deep investigation when they get like all bank statements, like all anything they can find on me and make an investigation and try to send bankruptcy offenses that I could have coveted and then just like try to prosecute me for a bankruptcy offense. Which
0: could criminally be criminally prosecute you?
5: It can be criminal depending on what they actually come up with.
0: And, well, I mean uh, one one really beautiful thing about criminal prosecution in any common law country is they they have to have this magical thing called intent. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's so not they, just enough yes. that you broke the law you had to break the law knowingly and willingly you have to know that you were breaking the law
5: you know what a great example of don't they say that the ignorance of the law is no excuse
0: they do say ignorance of the law is no excuse and i agree with that like ignoring the law is not an excuse but if you're if you're unaware of the law it's a different story, especially when it comes to criminal. Yeah. What were you going to say, Shaman?
3: Well, I was just going to tell him, like, just like the silencer issue. Like, that guy, the reason he went to jail is because, like, what he had done was actually wasn't wrong. Like, they weren't silencers. But because he believed they were, he had intended to treat them that way. So all of his intentions were criminal and that's why he went to jail and that's why he felt guilty and that's why he couldn't stand in court but like jc's saying like if you didn't intend to do it or you don't even believe it's a law or you didn't you didn't know it was a law where's the intent like where's your abilities to uh, yeah you see what I'm saying like like that's something you need to get in your heart immediately like if you weren't it's like Hey, you hurt my feelings. Oh, man, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I wasn't trying to hurt your feelings. Like, how can you be held liable for – you see what I'm not – you know what I'm saying? You weren't trying to do yeah. it. You didn't even know about it.
5: Like the case law on uh, tax evasion where it says that uh, you cannot be prosecuted for tax evasion if you don't think that you have to pay taxes in the first place. Uh, same principle. Well, principle. Exactly.
0: Well, well. for instance, I, I've never paid taxes in my entire life, okay, and they've never come after me for tax evasion, and I know people even close to me that believe they should have, and the thing is, is that I'm not evading taxes, I'm just not paying them, okay, it, it's like if I were paying taxes and I withheld a certain percentage of those taxes, like I'm, I'm going to pay for company A, B, and C, the company D and E, I'm not going to report to the IRS and I'm just going to evade those taxes. That's tax evasion, you know, mm-hmm. but when you just, when you just don't pay, when you're just like, Hey, wh- why do I owe you money? You know, that that's not tax evasion. And, I think what Sean, Sean brought up was a really, really good point because I sat through that case um, where Paul Grattan was getting charged with the silencers, and one of the key things that the prosecutor had to prove was the fact that he knew what he was doing was illegal because he he broke them down into separate pieces and he melted some pieces and he put some pieces in his luggage and he did this and that, and obviously the only reason you're going to do that is because you know what you're doing is illegal. Yeah, it'd be like
3: like if, you, if you're married and you kiss your wife in public, would you try to hide that? Of course not. Would you care if it was illegal? Of course not. I mean I know it kind of seems like a silly scenario, but when you really think about it, you don't hide it if you don't think it's wrong.
5: Well that that's that's my concern right now, is that now I know and uh so I'm looking back and I'm like, Holy shit, have I done something that they will use against me? And that's the thing I wanna get out of it. I just want to, I want out of it. Well so well I'm how do you know
0: out. now? Like I, I don't even know what they would criminally charge you for, so I'm a little confused on that still. But I yeah. I'm gonna ask you, how do you know Uh, whatever's going on with this bankruptcy, like, if you pull out of it, how do you know that it would be criminal? And what about it would be criminal? Because I'm still confused. I've been
5: reading reading a lot of case law, and they always go about hiding assets or, like, using ways to get around Mm. the bankruptcy or whatever. And that's the thing, is like, Investigate you and the court
3: decides. Let me ask you a question. You said you're a roofer, right? Yeah. Have you ever done metal roof before?
5: I just finished a 3,500 square feet job.
3: You ever cut a piece wrong?
5: Uh, Yes, many
3: times. Okay. So, all right, so you cut a piece wrong, what do you do? Take it down and you grab that extra piece that you bought, right? Mm-hmm. And then you I take recut the measurement and again. I'm going it, right. it Okay, now because you figured out you were doing something incorrect, there was a mistake, right? You made a mistake, mm-hmm. and now you realize that mistake, and now you're correcting the mistake. Does that make you honorable or criminal? It's making me do the right thing.
5: Like that's there you doing the right thing.
3: Yeah. There you go. So look. You're reading a bunch of case law that didn't pertain to you to begin with. That you probably don't even understand what you're reading, 100%, or maybe even at all. I don't, I don't Uh, know where you're at in your understanding. No clue. But here's what I can tell you: You are, yeah, you're a different person and man than any of those case laws. And so, all you can deal with is you. All those things are going to do is scare the hell out of you. So what you've got to determine is your own constitution. Who you are, what you believe, right, and stand on your belief. And if there's been an error on the record, correct the record, because that's what makes you honorable. Now, if you try to it. take it, split it, put it in six boxes, mail one to Abu Dhabi and bring it through customs under a camel's ass and, like, you know, you're doing all these other. that could start looking like something's wrong. But if you're not trying to hide the kiss and you're not trying to hide the metal, you're just making a new cut and making it right, I just... I think that's a better way of looking at it. Like my own, that's I had, a, had, a, I had a tax case. I had a tax case, okay? They are going to my house. But I didn't fight them. I told them exactly what I believed, 100%, right up front.
0: And he offered hey. him coffee.
3: And I offered them coffee. <laughs> but, I mean, look, I, look, in the past, I made a mistake on a, on a, on a one-year return and it cost me 14 grand. You know what I did on that return? I paid it. Didn't argue. Paid it. Because hey, I screwed up, screwed the pooch. Made a mistake. I own my mistake. After that, no sir. And I'm not going to lie, and I'm not I mean to to do it the other way would have made me dishonorable. It would have made me a liar like, well, am I going to go back out of fear or because they're threatening me? I'm going to go back on what I believe. Then they would have thought me a liar. You see what I'm saying? Then they would have started Mm -hmm. investigating going, oh, why did you do this? Why did you do that? No, man. I opened my life like a book to them. And I said, this is what I believe. This is where I stand. I'm trying to get out of nothing. It's just
5: where I'm at. So that pretty much means like walking into bankruptcy court and speaking from the heart. Like I mean that's well you should you should
0: always speak from the heart when you're in court. Always.
5: And you
3: also ought to speak on paper.
2: Speak correctly, but speak from your heart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and on paper. Like you
3: gotta put it on paper. Yeah, good point, Mike. You gotta get it on paper and you gotta correct the record. That's the main thing. I mean, keeping in and mind just, that we don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so I was to, just, well, let me just say, it, like, yeah. like, we're not giving legal advice, more. and we also don't know your case. All we can tell you is those are honest, like, those things we give you right there, what we're saying, that Mike said, that I said, JC, all those are what we would tell anybody. And that's what we've done in our own oh, lives. Like, you see what I'm saying? They're
5: really good advices. They're good advices. Like, in like for me, it's. Figure out like okay, I'm gonna walk into court, and what am I gonna say to the judge? You know what I mean? Like, because like it looks bad when if you <laughs> you've been gone for ten years and then you just show up and you're like hey, it's like
0: yeah. Well, what's what's Being the reason the, that you were gone for ten years? And before you answer that, there there was something that I kind of wanted to tell you, and that is um, you know like uh, it. If you don't have intent to break the law, you're not doing anything criminal because doing something criminal requires intent. And after that, it doesn't mean that you're not subject to court action. But at, at the worst, what they can get you for is negligence. So you didn't know that it was criminal, and that that's that's uh, sometimes they call it criminal negligence. But it, it's it's a civil. Action, Like, they can come after you civilly for doing something criminal that you were negligent on. And a good uh, example of this is is a wrongful death suit with, you know, a vehicle. Like, a vehicle runs into somebody, and they end up uh, going to the hospital and passing away. As long as it was an accident and as long as the driver wasn't intoxicated... It, it's going to be a, a wrongful death civil suit, like negligence, you know, and it, and it would kind of be criminal negligence because you should have been paying attention, you shouldn't be driving so out of control that somebody happens to die from it, but that's that's all they can really do.
5: Yeah, no, that, may, that makes total sense. Uh, like, it's just like i don't understand bankruptcy court enough to know what's going to happen when i walk into that court and i do what i'm planning on doing
0: dude nobody knows what's going to happen when they walk into court and they do what they're planning on doing and you know like I, I've, been to court, I've been to court a whole lot of times okay like a lot and i've i've help people in court a lot, and I've, I've gone to court with people who have done the things that we talk about here on this show, and I've never seen the court react the same way to somebody twice. You know, like every judicial officer is different. I've even been in front of some of the same judicial officers where people were doing very similar things, and they treat everyone differently. So nobody knows what's going to happen when you go into court and you start to perform. And the real importance of knowing the stuff, of knowing law, of knowing law well, is is that they're going to test you. Okay? And you don't know what that test is going to be. But I hope you pass. You know, because people pass and people fail.
3: hmm and
5: I know that yeah, didn't make you feel right, good. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Walking into traffic court like is a joke, but walking into a federal court like that with, like...
0: Hey, if I'm it makes you sure feel it... any better, man, if it makes you feel any better, like, one of the first times I met Sean, I, I told him straight up, I was like, look, federal court is a walk in the park next to state court. Like, the judges, if you know law in federal court there's probably a 98% chance that you're going to walk out of there. Okay. Uh,
5: Yeah, well, all I can say is I'm trying to figure out a plan, and it's very – it's like bankruptcy court is very, like, hard to
0: understand. Well, let, let me get so. back to to the original thing that I asked before I was kind of telling you about the criminal situation. That is, what what was going on that caused you to fell in your duties, you know, of bankruptcy court? Like, you know, you're you're going there, you're in the middle of the process. Something had to happen in your life for you to leave for 10 years and then come back.
5: Yeah, like could break up involving kids and the crazy ex and uh, just, like, being overwhelmed and just being like, okay, I can't deal with this right now. So I I distanced myself for a while, and when I came back, the trustee took this as an opportunity to actually discharge himself from the case. So they closed the case.
0: Well, uh, did they ever give you any notice that this was going on or were you in a place where they could reach not, you or did you just uh, ignore nothing. everything from the court?
5: No, I, I never got anything. The trustee actually told me not to show up to court because the judge would laugh at me. So I didn't because I didn't know any better. If, if I would like hear that right now, I would be really upset at the trustee and I would go to court actually disclose that information to the judge but back then I didn't know any better That's, that was part of my journey <laughs> and uh, so right now I'm like 10 years after the trustee closed the case and I got to go back reopen it and explain to the judge what happened which is what I'm mm-hmm. intending to do but I just want to have a really good lawful excuse be able to achieve what i want to achieve i don't want to get trapped in there and get more of a burden i'm worried about rejecting the contract and then having like a storm coming my way because i didn't know what it would imply
0: if you said that they haven't contacted you at all if you said that you were never contacted about this stuff why not go over there before you reopen the case, pull the case jacket, and just see if they got a, you know, um, a certificate of service. Like, like, see if they yeah. have on their records that they did contact you. That I was served. Through what?
5: Like, see if they put on the record that I was served properly.
0: Uh, yeah, every time some action happens. You know, every time you're filing something with the court or the opposite p- party, the opposing party is filing something with the court, uh, you know, you got to send the opposing party the documents that you're, you're filing. They got to send you the documents that they're filing. And typically, in, in the legal game, as far as I understand it, uh and again this isn't legal advice but they have to have a certificate of service they have to say i certify that i put in the mail mailing to address abz um to you know dude on the phone in canada
5: there was a court date that was there was a court date that i was well aware of And that's what I said. The trustee said, don't show up. The judge is just going to laugh at you. But he did this so he could easily discharge himself from the case. Uh, After that, I understood why he did that. But back then, I was, like, trusting him. So I listened to him. And that's why I didn't show up to court on that court date.
0: Well, he he was your Uh, trustee, right? Yeah,
5: he was the trustee.
0: Okay, so... So so here here's the thing is that do you have any way of proving that he told you not to show up?
5: It was just a phone call that I had with him. He said because I didn't do anything on my end not like he said don't even show up to court the judge the judge is just going to laugh at you but that's the thing, he shouldn't He shouldn't have said that. Like, there is no way the judge would have laughed at me if I would have explained what was going on. Well,
0: what what was he saying that you didn't do that you were supposed to do?
5: Well, I was supposed to give full financial disclosure and uh, report all and you my di- income.
0: You didn't give full yeah. financial disclosure?
5: Oh, I didn't report my income. I, make, I made way too much money. And I was supposed to actually give all that extra money to the creditor for nine months, which I didn't do. Like, I failed at all my obligations. All of them.
0: Okay, see, this is the first time that stuff's coming out.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I was actually a little worried because you weren't saying stuff like that before. And you were really worried for somebody who didn't mean to do anything.
5: Well, I, I didn't perform my end of the contract of the contract. Like, I didn't do any of my duties and obligations to the contract. Like, I didn't do anything.
0: and, I and you, didn't, myself, you didn't you uh, didn't send them some type of offer like, hey, this is the best I can do.
5: No, I just thought I called the trustee and I was hoping I could get answers and. I was trying to deal with it. Well, I didn't know anything back then. Like, I had no knowledge in law, like, nothing. And that's that's what brought me here. It's uh, learning about bankruptcy. And my brother-in-law is uh, knee-deep in law, so, like, I learned a lot from him. And then... Here I am today, like, after listening to all Carol Lent's uh, videos and then listening to your videos. And so, like, I get most of it, but, like, I'm just so deep in it, I don't know how to get out. That's my situation. And no one can actually give me a good advice about, like, which way I should go about this. Not a lawyer, not a trustee, nobody.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Like, uh, when the trustee told you not to show up to court, how long ago was that?
5: That was a few months in it. That would have been, like, uh, wow, when when it was time for a discharge, nine months after uh, the bankruptcy uh, uh, was filed. It would have been 2009. Uh, So December 2009, that was uh, the
0: court date Okay, and have they has the court gotten in touch with you in any kind of way? I mean, does the court consider this matter settled or?
5: Well, the court has discharged the trustee. I'm undischarged, so I have if I wanna solve this I gotta walk into court and say the judge but I'm not too sure how serious this is. I'm not too sure what I'm walking into. Like it's even after reading bankruptcy laws, like I'm like, I'm still not sure of what I'm walking into. You know, when you read, you read like traffic law, everything is so easy to understand. But when you read bankruptcy law, it's like, it's not black and white. Uh, and that's what I've been trying to figure out. So even talking to lawyers, trustees, uh, anybody, it's like nobody can really get a good grasp of bankruptcy court. And uh, if anything, I think I would be way more advanced in understanding bankruptcy laws than a lot of people, <laughs> just from reading case law. And uh, it's always the same story. But my story, I could never find a case law similar to mine. Never. Well, never. yeah, you're, you're never going
0: to find, like, when you're reading case law, you're never going to find something that's exactly what's going well, on. I found in... one.
5: I found one. It was a woman, and it ended up just saying, like, she remained a non discharged bankrupt. And that's how it ended. So, same story in mine. How do you actually walk in banker support and put a man to that? That's the, that's the thing.
0: I don't know, but I yeah. just raised the hand real quick. So, we're, I'm going to unmute I and, and see what they have to uh, say.
5: Well, uh, like, I was just going to get off the call so you guys can uh, go on. But if she, it's going to go uh, keep going that way, I'll stay on the call for sure.
0: Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, stick around. Hey, I, uh, you're unmuted.
4: Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I apologize. I just briefly forgot what I was going to ask. I had to go to jurisdiction. I can't recall exactly, so I'm going to mute. Uh, I'll
3: wait back second if I can. Do
4: that. This, this is if Carl. Hear,
3: is it's really hard to hear him? Uh, probably
4: hard, probably hard, to hear hard to hear me. I'm,
3: I'm on it still, Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh.
0: Okay, I guess he's gone.
3: Start over. Is he, did he leave or is he just can't be heard?
0: Uh, no, nah, he. It looks like he muted himself out. So, hmm. Um, you know, uh, you, when you're reading case law, you're never gonna find anything that has to do exactly with what's going on in your case. Um and, and that's really not what case laws for. This is why when attorneys write points and authorities, they have multiple case laws that kind of okay, this is what was happening in this case, and here's the law of that case, and this was happening in this other case, and here's the law of that case. Uh so you're not gonna find something that's a hundred percent like spot on with what's happening in your case. Honestly, if you knew that you were uh, not upholding to the obligations that you were supposed to do, uh, you know, I mean, what we talk about is how to be a man. And a man goes and, and faces up to to whatever they did.
5: Well, what I can say is that bankruptcies are being sold as, like, you know, like you watch TV, and then they sell you at bankruptcy as like uh, yeah, it's way a way to resolve.
3: Yeah, it's called a derivative. Yeah. but before you get going too deep on that, none of that matters.
5: I mean, none of it matters. It doesn't. It, it took me five years. Like what? To the, understand what I was getting into. Okay. Well,
3: just understand that whether. Like, you know, this is one of the arguments that a lot of people have. Oh, they're using my name to, to make money to do it. They're not using your name. You're using theirs, okay? And that's the reality mm-hmm. of it. Nobody wants to admit that, but that's the reality of it. That all capital name is theirs, okay? So I think, I'm not speaking for him, but basically I think what JC is saying is, look, whether they were doing what they're doing or not, whether you understood it or not at that moment in time you entered into an agreement with yourself you basically entered into an agreement in bankruptcy okay and then they said do this this and this um, and then you didn't do it and you knew you were supposed to do it or believed you were supposed to do it now I'm just asking I'm not accusing is that about the time you left for ten years
5: You mean when I signed the bankruptcy? Yeah,
3: well, I didn't. I mean, unless I misunderstood and misheard, because it's possible I did, because I was kind of dealing with a family issue. Um, did you say you disappeared for like ten years, or moved somewhere for ten years?
5: Well, I didn't disappear. It's like I tried to figure it out for ten years, but like this case has been sitting there for ten years.
3: Okay. And then you realize. Hmm. I didn't understand this agreement that I entered into as much as I thought. And now you're trying to figure out how to correct it, correct? Mm-hmm.
5: Well I've been trying to correct it for the last five years. Okay. <laughs> and uh um, I, I just got myself deeper in it trying to go to people that said they could help me. Like I spent four thousand dollars uh come like with a company in Canada. And they were like, oh, yeah, we can help you. Like, It's going to need some like deep, deep financial like advising, And but we can help you. And then all they did for $4,000 was fill out more taxes. And they said they could get a trust to reopen my case, and the trustee refused. <laughs> and uh, I was like, holy shit, so for $4,000, I just filled out more taxes that the government's coming after me for. Nobody can help me. Nobody can give me any answers. Uh, That's what I mean. Like I really tried to figure this out, and I just got myself deeper in it. Well, and uh, now I'm at the point where I'm just gonna have to walk into court and just lay it all out and be like, "What do we do, Judge? What are we gonna do, Judge?" Like,
3: (laughs) Uh, um, that's. Yeah, I don't think you kind of have to be quite like that, but, but at the same it, like, time, it was very, I think yeah. there needs yeah. there needs to be somewhat of a responsibility. It, like, okay, I didn't understand what I was doing. Like, I'm just trying to think out loud here for myself. Like, okay, I thought I really wanted to date Cindy. And then Cindy showed up at the house, and I was like, oh, my God, Cindy's really ugly and mean and smells funny. And I thought I understood Cindy just fine from the phone call, but I really didn't understand Cindy. Like, once you figured out, uh-oh, <clears throat> okay, I think that in the beginning, and I and I and honestly, I was coming kind of in and out at that moment. I heard JC use the word resend, like – You're going to have to try to pull this thing back somewhat apologetically, I might add, in my opinion, and try to get yourself back to square one, like, okay, there's a mistake I didn't understand. I'm not intending to defraud, get out of anything, not trying to hurt anybody, Uh, that's not my intent, I have no intent, I wish to be honorable, I don't wish to have controversy before the court. I made a mistake. I didn't understand what I was doing, um, and I believe that this, oh, this is what this I can is, do now.
5: Uh, this is exactly what I'd like to get to: is
3: void the contract. All right, listen. Are you listen? Listen to me. I was getting somewhere. So, like, yeah, no, all talking. those things I just said. All those things I just said, right? Now you've told them made a mistake. There's a bunch of stuff over here. I don't. Didn't understand. Thought I did. I wish to correct the record because it's not my intent to be in dishonor. It's not my intent to hurt, harm, defraud, or get out of anything. Um, just believe that that would cause me harm. And you know, somehow you got to convey it in the proper words. Like, look, I don't believe I'm liable. At the same time, you know, I made a mistake. I wish to correct an error on the record. Like, I'm not trying to defraud. Like, I never – had I understood. It's kind. Of, it's called, like, an adhesive contract. Do you know what an adhesive contract is? Well, I know a bit about contract law. We're a contract of okay. voidable. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but just an adhesive contract is a contract that nobody in their right mind would have signed. Like, nobody in their right mind would have written that contract, and anybody who understood it would have never signed it. And that's basically what you're telling us where you're at. Like, oh, my God, I didn't know that that's what that did. I didn't understand. Because, of course, you didn't understand it because you're not a bankruptcy attorney. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, exactly. So, understand, understand means to agree with something that you get. Like, you comprehend it, and you go, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think I'll do that. And that you have to, to have a contract, you have to have full consideration, meaning you have to know what you're doing. Did you know what you were doing? Hell I, no, you didn't know what you do were doing. Thing. You never would have done it. You never would have done it, right? That's what I'm hearing you say. So if you never would have done it, then now we've moved into the, What is the intent? Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I think you're in a little bit of dangerous ground. Because you're saying, well, I went to figure it out. Well, the court's not going to see you went to figure it out. They're going to see your ass was trying to hide. That's what they're going to say. So you got to back that off. Like, I didn't understand. I was trying to work the problem as best I could. You know, I'm here as a man. I wish to set this, the record straight or get the, you know, correct the error on the record. I've got to. I wish to. Settling a matter of controversy is not my intent to be in contempt. It's not my con- intent to be in any way wrong. Because you have to convey that, like you have to tell them that you weren't trying to do wrong. That you were simply trying to work this problem the best way you knew how. And I think if I heard J.C. correct, it doesn't mean the courts are not going to spank you a little bit, or you may have to work out some kind of offering compromise, or you may lose some stuff, but I think what j c was saying is without that criminal intent, it's civil are you are you following yeah completely and would i be right j c is that what you basically were trying to say
0: Um. yeah, I mean. Kind of basically, it's like, uh, from what I've heard uh, in this phone call, because you called last week, but we only had about 10 minutes before the show was over, um, but from what I've heard this week, it's, uh, and I I haven't seen any paperwork or anything of the sort, but from the story that you've given, it, it sounds like you are liable to some degree, And part of being a man is taking responsibility when you have responsibility to take. Um, So, yeah, I pretty much do agree that from what I've heard this evening, probably the best bet is to negotiate, is probably not to try and step out and leave, but to try and say, hey, this is causing a lot of harm, injury and loss to my life how how do we move past this how do we resolve this issue and uh you know with that being said uh, sean brought up a couple of things and i i just have to know when you filed for bankruptcy did you have an attorney
4: no okay you did
0: not have an attorney what compelled you to file for bankruptcy because uh, I know, was, I know. Uh, last week you were kind of saying that there was some type of tax issue that got you into bankruptcy, and you know, to me it was kind of laughable because you know taxes are more or less a joke. But what well, what come?
5: I, go I got up one morning and my bank account was frozen. Uh, my wage was garnished, and I had my Family on the way to actually come and meet me across the country, and I needed access to my bank account, which I couldn't do. So I went to the trustee, and he said, "If you sign here, uh, you will be protected." And then
0: oh, okay, okay, whoa, money, whoa, whoa, but... whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, let let let's back up a minute. It, <laughs> so so your but bank that, account got fine. frozen and you just knew to go to a bankruptcy trustee to get it unfrozen?
5: Uh, like, somehow well, you just magically I, I knew, knew this. Oh, I knew about bankruptcies. Like, uh, being a subcontractor, it's always, like, the last resort thing that you do. And then, yeah, so I went to the trustee, and I talked to him about it, and I was like what are my options and like advising me? And he said uh, well he basically see, said it's see it,
0: here. It, it sounds to me like you already knew the trustee.
5: No, not at
0: all. So your your bank you like account got frozen. Like like let me see if I'm understanding this correctly. Your bank account got frozen. You you look on your phone or on your computer on the internet and you see your account is frozen and the first thing that comes to your mind is hey let me go see a bankruptcy trustee.
5: Uh well, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I should do like what can I do, and the first thing you find online when you research this is uh, is to go see a
0: bankruptcy trustee that's the first thing you'll find
5: like if you if you do a search online right now all
0: right, all right like hey about, I, i'm just gonna interrupt you for a second because if i went online and i saw that my bank account was frozen the first thing i'd do is call the bank and ask what happened <laughs> I was like, like my the money, first man? thing i would do not get
5: my money I, I actually i call the government and I explained to them, like, listen, like, uh, I need my money and stuff. And the, the guy, was, like, the agent was a complete dick. And then he was like, uh, well, you didn't call me back in time. So blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, I'm sorry, but, like, I really need this right now. And he didn't want to know anything about it. Like, he just wanted to screw me up. And he did. So, like, I... I don't even remember. Like it's been 10 years, so I was like 26 years old, and then I made some research online. And if you do, if you research anything about like wage garnishment or uh, like bank accounts frozen, like you see all those ads about bankruptcy trustees that are telling you that they have the solution. So that's what I did. And I went to sit down with him, and he said, basically said, if you sign here, uh, you will be protected and they will back off. And then we proceeded with the bankruptcy. So that's what
0: I did. And and you didn't think about like maybe going and paying an attorney $300 just to look over it and get 20 minutes worth of their advice.
5: I could not even pay an attorney, like, a all of my assets were frozen. Like one day everything's available, the next day I get up. My employer get gets a wage garnishment letter and my bank account is is frozen. I can't do anything. So I hey, like, just
3: can I can I ask you just and I'm dude I promise you, it's just this is how it goes, man, we're just asking questions. Like there had to be letters coming into your house warning you of all of these things like it doesn't just your life's normal and then you wake up one day and there's your boss gets garnishment like garnishment is at the end of a bunch of other stuff In Canada, i think we're just trying to figure out
2: yeah you don't like uh, get a turkey and then eat it and then all of a sudden like one week later get all the mashed potatoes and gravy and stuff
5: in, uh,
3: in Canada, well, I mean, Canada again, like, I'm not being accusatory, but you like you if you owe a debt, it doesn't go from can you pay us and then like two weeks later they're garnishing your wages. Like there's a there's still a I mean Canada is a common law court or a common law country. Like there's still a process can, of civil law.
5: In Canada, CRA called, yeah. can garnish wages without court orders. And, yeah, but I'm uh, saying it's not overnight. Like you got letters
3: warning you, like, "Hey, you didn't pay us." Like, I think what I'm trying to find yeah, out no, is why did you not talk no. to somebody for the year leading up to this? Like,
5: well, I was like, I mean, a, I'm just uh, asking. I was negotiating with an agent from CRA, which is Canada Revenue Agency, and then <clears throat> oh, okay, I like I was just. I don't know, like, I was supposed to call him back and, I, and then I didn't. And I, I think it was, like, a two-week thing. He like said you were supposed to call me, like, two weeks ago and you didn't. I was like, well, wow, I'm sorry. Like, I, I was trying to explain to the guy and stuff, and he just went ahead and used his power to screw me up. And that's, that's what led to it. But, like, seriously, it doesn't really matter. Like, uh, if I could go back, I would do things differently. Like, that was, like, Ten years ago, and I learned a lot from this. But right now, I'm in it, and yeah. Oh, so that it's all those things I will have to explain to a judge. But like, I know what happened. Like, I remember. Like, I'm not trying to hide anything. And seriously, I was very young, immature, irresponsible. Like, that's the thing. I take all the blame. So, like, there's uh yeah. I can admit to all of this, that's for sure. <laughs> so you guys might have those questions. Uh we can go through it, well, but
3: it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean it's it's don't take it wrong, man. I'm just telling you, like I mean it doesn't just happen overnight. I mean we work with people oh, every know. day. There's you know what I'm saying, like you 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 probably missed like, well, should've done that, should've done this and then it got this bad and then I was like, Well, I think I can do this and then uh-oh, that didn't work, and then that shovel became five that's feet
5: it. deep. Seriously, yeah. like, uh, I like I got really surprised that within two weeks that I got my bank account frozen and a wage garnishment letter. That happened within two weeks. <laughs> well, Nicole I mean, I don't live in Canada, Canada so, from... so I'm not arguing no, I mean, with you. Me. I mean, I don't live in Canada, but... Fine, it's not like that it's not supposed to be like that but that happened and yeah so my first reflex as somebody that doesn't know anything about law anything about how to deal with those guys was to go to a bankruptcy firm and file and that's what i did yeah, I so I can actually well, how, how
0: you much you trying was, to use
3: bankruptcy as a as a barrier
0: how, how much was them. cra yeah. Assessing you for
5: probably like 30 grand that's it yeah that's it that's like uh yeah that's it man i, that was, just, I, was, like, I mean yeah. if you
3: were going to stay in the system i just worked out a payment plan
5: wow that's that's the thing at the time like for me 30 grand seemed like a lot of money um now it's see things. I mean, it is. Well, it is a lot of money, but it's
3: not when you're making, like, $100 a month payments. Man, they don't care about the money.
0: They don't care. They print money. They're just balancing about, their their balance sheet. Yeah,
3: they're just trying a little bit of control. They don't hate you, dude.
0: They're really it, not to yeah, no, get you. I mean, the people that I really enjoy working with on tax issues, because it's, it's never, ever a problem, are the people who are like, I don't mind paying. And I always ask people, like, for real, you don't mind paying? No, I don't mind paying. I just, you know, I can't pay 30 grand tomorrow. Oh, so it's, so how much can you pay tomorrow? Because I'm sure that's what they're going to ask you. Well, well, I can pay $200 tomorrow. Great. We'll call them up and tell them that you can pay $200 tomorrow. Uh, and I can pay $200 next month. Great. You can that's pay $200 it, next month. Yeah,
3: that's a good – it's called a good faith offer, man. That's what it is.
0: Uh, yeah. Like every, if you yeah. can pay
3: 15 cents, then that's what you can pay. At least you're being honorable, right?
5: Yes, but that's the thing. Like With penalties and interest, if you actually accept to go that route, you're just paying it. Like the way it is for me right now, it would be paying like $350 a month just to pay to the penalties and then just on the debt. Nah,
0: No, nah, you, can, you can stop all the penalties and interest and all of that stuff. I mean, in fact, like when they assess $30,000, they're probably willing to take 10. Called an
3: offer well, compromise here in the right. States. And really that that's really just the IRS under a different name. The IRS operates in over 27 countries, man.
4: Yeah, and all that money goes
3: back the, to the crown. It's all the same company. It's just a third-party debt collector. It's all the IRS is. They're not even part of the government. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're just all they're doing is they're an independent third-party debt collector, which you do want if you are in that world because you don't want to. You know, it's like you know the judge getting the same the check from the same boss as the cop that arrested you, as the prosecutor and the defense attorney you see what i'm saying like (laughs) yeah even though even though i get it you know but i mean you're gonna have to i mean in my opinion where you're at like and look dude you're talking to somebody who doesn't ever i don't think john's ever heard me say what i'm getting ready to say like you dug such a hole that if you don't fill that hole in quickly they will fill it in with you that's my opinion. Like you're gonna have actually, to... I heard
0: you say that like this afternoon or yesterday about someone else.
3: <laughs> Why are you bringing up bullshit? <laughs> well, but... I don't remember <laughs> that. I guess, no, I I mean, guess what's really, old man. is
2: what's old is new again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just like you, man. Always bringing up old shit. No, I mean really, man. Like, like <clears throat> you got. Look, what I'm really saying is get it back to square one. That's all you can do. Like ringing your don't take this wrong I'm not being derogatory wringing your hands and worrying isn't going to get you anywhere
0: if they're going to do
3: what they're going to do you are not going to stop if they want to do something you you just man it is what it is but what we're saying is go in there as a man and say look i didn't understand this is what i would do if it were me i'd be like, look i didn't understand what the hell i was doing i thought i did And obviously, I don't understand any of this. It was not my intent to defraud, shake, move, fart, pick my nose. I wasn't trying to do anything to harm anybody or do any fraud or anything wrong. Like, I'm just, this is a lot of harm and stress to me. My life, it's taken away. I'm just trying to do the right thing here and not have any kind of controversy with you guys. I, you know, I'm not trying to do anything wrong. I have no intention on doing anything wrong. What do we got to do to make this right? Like what, what's your offer? That's basically what you did, you just reopen negotiate, like, now you're trying to settle the matter, right? So if they don't have intent, it's now it's still in the civil. That's where you got to keep it if you can keep it in the civil. Then you can negotiate because that's all they want to do.
0: And, and in fact, I, I'd probably even take it a step further. Whenever you go in to, to do that, I, I'd take like three or four hundred bucks with me and I'd say, I got three or four hundred dollars to pay right now. This yep. is my best offer right now. Let's work something out. Like, this is causing me a lot of stress, anxiety, harm, injury, loss. I can't do this, I can't do that. Like I have to move on with my life, man. Let let bygones be bygones. Why are you bringing up old shit? That was ten years ago.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, and we're this, making this, it, a little uh, fun, but I'm telling you, he's
0: right. This I mean, is my best offer right now. Look, and and check this out. I I don't know a whole lot about bankruptcy. I know a little bit. Okay, I I know enough to know that. I would never want to go into court and
3: file (laughs) bankruptcy. I know that much. Yeah, I know that
0: much. (laughs) So, but here's the thing, okay? I've talked about this principle on on a show before, and after I say this, we're going to shut it down for the evening because we're running about 15 minutes past time. But um, it's like this. You know, common law is kind of like street smarts, okay? And and the... uh, you know the CRA or whatever it is they they assess you they believe that you owe $30,000 right
5: well that was back then
0: uh, okay well we're just going to stick with that right now and um yeah. and your creditors like the other people who got in on the bank robbery i mean the bankruptcy <laughs> I'm sure that whatever they credited you for was secured with some type of property, some type of equity. Like, like if, if you had a car loan, they probably came and took your car, right?
5: Uh, well, they assessed it, but I didn't have anything to give them. So it was like out of the picture for that. But yeah, yeah, that's how
0: it works. Like, uh, Okay, so, and if you I, if you had a mortgage, if you had a home loan, you know, they probably took the home back, right?
5: I had nothing. That's the thing. I I, I was just Okay, so play. so
0: this bankruptcy yeah. is just dealing with the CRA.
5: Yeah, that's it. This
0: is it. They're they're the only creditor.
5: The only traitor I ever.
0: okay, I, I would not care at all, because here's what I was gonna say. This is the last point of the evening, but all right, if you owe me thirty thousand dollars and we're on the street, all right, and you come up to me and you say, man, I got four hundred dollars right now. I really wish to work off this thirty thousand dollar debt because i I'm acknowledging that I owe you some money. But all I got right now is $400. If I do not accept your $400, do you know what that means?
5: That you refuse
0: the debt. It means that I, I don't believe you owe me any money. Because mm. if I believed you owe me money and you came to me and you tried to hand me some money, you best believe I'd take it. You could come to me with $5. And it's like, hell yeah, you owe me 5 bucks. <laughs>
3: I mean Those think look about like it good dude shoes like
0: too. if
3: you owe me 30 grand and I have a choice I can either put you in a box for 10 years where the only thing that's going to happen is your beard is going to grow and you're going to smell and I have to pay to keep you alive or I can keep you out working and you can pay me a little bit at a time because it was never about the money anyway it was about the principle Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the principal was. It's about the the VIG. The principal amount. Yeah, you're worried about the VIG and they're wanting the principal. That's why I'm saying it's about the principal. That's why I use that word specifically. You've got to get it back, and John will love this term again to square one. (laughs) Because if you don't. You're going to – I mean, dude, you can't – what you're trying to do in your mind, you're not going to accomplish. Not this way.
0: And and I'm going to tell you right now, man, just just by this conversation that's been on the phone, you should practice for a little bit. Because just the way that you've talked to us this evening and, you know, what went on last week – there, there's some fear, man. Like, like you have expressed to me pretty clearly that you have a fear of going into that courtroom and laying down. I the really wall. do. I okay, really you do. you can't have that fear. If you have that fear when you walk into the courtroom, they will hammer you. I mean, I'm gonna tell you straight but, up. Like one of the first times I ever met Sean, you know, he, he was pretty nervous and he was like man be honest with me be honest with me have you ever seen this stuff work or is it all bullshit and i was like dude i've seen it work but, yeah, but also it's gonna context. go
4: horribly wrong
0: put that in context though
3: i mean hell yeah i was nervous but that was based upon our initial hour
5: together our first hour wow me, there's also a language barrier like i'm french uh, it's like, no, you, you sound pretty damn to
3: English to me. <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you're
5: nice. talking English, dog. He spoke French. Yeah, oh, I know. God. But like, it's very intimidating to walk. <sighs> in the car you got fear when after. you got
2: fear when you walk in that cart. You might as well just, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much the same as uh, giving up jurisdiction right then and there.
5: Yeah, and they can feel
2: that too. Because, <clears throat> that yeah, fear, will animals make stay the wrong animals fear smell make them say the wrong fear. shit. You know, animals the, uh, smell fear. You know? like, like I gotta, like,
0: gotta go because I got. Sorry, I got. I gotta get smell. off here. I gotta take care of
3: something. But uh, yeah, I agree I'm with, with you. JT. I'm,
0: I'm gonna get off too. Hey, Canada, thanks for showing up again this week. Yeah, no, you no doubt. Know, you can, Feel free to show up next week. Hey, Money Mike, you want to advertise your show or?
2: Uh, what yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, my, mine is gonna be uh, a little bit uh, like just on the tail end of Angela's after uh Angela's call, but uh, mine is one four two three zero six uh, about nine forty five p.m. Uh, Central time.
0: that's uh, that's Money Mike, everybody everybody thanks for uh, coming out and spending time with us on the call again you know kind of weekly i see more and more people showing up junez is on the call hey, junez. Junez, glad to have you out here jd's on the call again thanks for coming out jd um uh guest for gone through and put a lot of uh, links up to some of the things that we were talking about in the show the only link that i put up in the comments was the YouTube video about how to do an appellant case and it's talking to attorneys. It's only about half an hour long, but it's pretty amusing. And next week will be, I believe, August the 7th. So next Wednesday on August the 7th, we will be out here again, and we hope to see everyone else out here with us. Thanks, Craig Lynch, for showing up. We appreciate you. And thanks, everybody, who's pretty much a regular.
2: Lynch. All right. Later,
3: everybody.
0: Good night, Later. everyone. Y'all have a nice night.
3: Good night.